This is Further, a weekly show for the people of Harmony Bible Church where we seek to revisit and expand on Sunday sermons with the goal of growing deeper in biblical truth that transforms our lives. Welcome back to Further. Uh, This is our third episode and we're uh, coming off of a message uh, on Romans 1, 8 through 17. Uh, we got Chris here again to to kind of expand on what uh, what we talked about this last weekend. So, hey, Chris. Hey, uh, everybody. So thankful that uh, you're joining us and for the great response you've given so far. I heard lots of encouraging comments, and it seems like uh, maybe we're accomplishing what we had hoped to accomplish and that this would be something that would be a real benefit uh, to our church and a real encouragement and help us as we uh, study this incredible uh, book over the next 14 months. Yeah, so uh, just to uh, expand on that a little bit, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about when things are going to be coming out. So our plan is to release everything on Wednesdays. Um, So about Wednesday afternoon, you can look for it. But also, if you go to your podcast platform and just hit follow, um, then you should be getting notifications. Um, And also, one other uh, thing that I'd like to suggest is just to uh, share it with with people that haven't listened to it yet. You can do that through your podcast platform, or you can go to furtherpodcast.com and uh, just share the link from there. Chris, as you briefly mentioned two weeks ago, Martin Luther's life was completely changed uh, when studying Romans. And specifically, chapter 1, verse 17, where we're at uh, right now, Luther had spent most of his life as a monk trying to pursue righteousness before God. He committed himself to the study of God's law, but, but ultimately he knew that he could never obey it entirely. In 1515, when going through Romans, he found a notation that Augustine had written centuries before on verse 17, where Paul where Paul says, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. Augustine's note was referring to the righteousness that's talked about in verse 17, that it isn't referring to God's righteousness or holiness that's revealed by the gospel, but it's referring to the righteousness that is freely given by God to all who believe. Years later, Luther wrote about this moment by saying, Here I felt that I was altogether born again and had entered paradise itself through open gates. And I I love this story uh, because it shows the power of Scripture uh, when it's understood correctly. So in that spirit, let's jump in and let's talk about some uh, historical context of the Book of Romans. So Chris, can you talk a little more about the first century political situation in Rome? What What were the issues that Christians were facing at that time? Sure, it was a pretty crazy time uh, for Christians. Uh, we we think today that it's a pretty crazy time to be Christians in our country and our world, but uh, it really was nothing like uh, the Christians were facing when Paul wrote uh, the Book of Romans. Uh, the um, Roman emperors, uh, many of them made guys like Vladimir Putin look like a choir boy. And I'm really not exaggerating. This is specifically true of the emperor who was probably in power at the time that Paul uh, wrote the book of Romans. His name was Nero. Um, Nero had uh, one of his wives uh, killed. I mean, he, actually, he probably kicked her to death. Uh, and then uh, over sorrow for that, he uh, married one of his slaves, uh, a young boy who apparently looked like his um, wife that he had killed. Uh, he had the slave castrated and he went on to live with him. Um, yeah. So 
Uh, and on top of that, when it comes to Christians, um, Nero loved to build, and uh, he's actually pretty famous, well-known for just uh, many of the different things that he did build, but it got to the point where there wasn't really any more room in Rome to build, and so when you love to build and you don't have any more room to build, what do you do? Well, he set fire to the city of Rome. Uh, now, of course, the citizens didn't like that too much. And so um, he needed somebody to blame. And so who did he blame? Well, he blamed the Christians. And so um, that resulted in a persecution, um, a pretty pretty great persecution against the Christians uh, during right around the time that Romans, um, Paul would have written Romans, um, maybe a little bit after, but that's kind of the, the context. Um, and so it resulted in, in Christians uh, being uh, lit on fire to, to light Nero's gardens, uh, being sewn into animal skins and, and thrown to uh, the lions in the Colosseum. Um, we see some of the things like from the movie Gladiator. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that was going on. And Christians uh, often were the ones who ended up being the fodder for those things. And so um, that really plays in here where Paul's talking in our passage today. He's not ashamed about the gospel. And um, he's he says, I want to come to Rome to preach the gospel, and we got to keep in mind when he says that, that uh, there was persecution uh, awaiting him there should he um, go and do so. Yeah, so we see a legitimate fear of being a Christian in, in first century Rome um, that really does put in perspective where we're at today, and we'll get into it a little later, but um, how how we can still be ashamed of the gospel, and yet we look... We look back and we have Paul saying, I'm not ashamed through those circumstances. In verse 12, uh, Paul says that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Um, And on Sunday, you touched on mutual ministry and what that would look like um, at Harmony. Can you give um, just some more specifics on what what that would look like for our people to get involved with uh, mutual ministry and encouraging each other. Yeah, we could talk about this a lot. I think you can really boil it down to what are known as the one another's in the New Testament, more than 50 commands that we, we find where we're to love one another, encourage one another, pray for one another, spur one another on, admonish one another, teach one another, it goes on and on and on. Um and it's not that we're all called to do um, all of those things necessarily, but uh, we each uh, and every one of us have um, certain one and others that we can carry out for, for other people. And so it really is as simple as being in community with other people and uh, using the gifts um, that God has given you, uh, your, your, your personality, uh, your strengths to help to, as uh, Hebrews puts it, spur one another on to to love and good deeds. And so um, it really is recognizing that you have a role to play in the church. Everybody has a role to play in the church. And I would even say it's a unique role that if you don't play, the, the church is going to be missing out because there's only uh, one of you. You're special. Now, we can joke about that, about... <laughs> You know, some people are special or whatever, but the, the reality is, is that we are all special and we are all a part of the body and being a part of the body, we all have a function uh, to carry out in order to help the church and the body to be be healthy. Yeah. So do you, um, 
do you think that getting involved with specific uh, serving positions on Sunday mornings fulfills this, or is this a um, just living in community with people? I think it's both and. Um, I think it it is, uh, yeah, using your gifts to serve. And it's not necessarily just on Sunday Sunday morning, although that's a great uh, place. Uh, There's lots of other things uh, throughout the week as well. And then definitely being in um, a community group um, or some type of small group where you have the opportunity to to really – live in relationship with, with other people. And sometimes it's as simple as just praying for somebody, um, saying a kind word. Sometimes it's maybe helping them out when they have an issue or a problem um, or just a, a physical need. There's really a myriad of ways that we can carry this out. And it's not, we don't have to make it complicated. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it's just looking past ourselves um, yeah. and looking, looking to what the needs are of the body. Um Okay, so one one of your application points from this weekend was to uh, preach the gospel to yourself. Um, and I know this is a term that gets thrown around a lot. Um, I don't know that everyone has heard it, but but what do you mean by that? Sure. Um, I'll start with this, is that you talk to yourself um, more than anybody else does. So <laughs> what you yeah. say to yourself is immensely important. And preaching the gospel to yourself um, – Really, it means it's just continually reminding yourselves of the truths of the gospel and uh, thinking carefully through about how they apply to um, the situations that you, you you face in life. And so um, it's re- remembering, you know, and this is why Romans is going to be so helpful as we, we dig into the depth of the gospel, we will find that it has a limitless number of applications to our lives, and there is always a way that the gospel applies to each and every situation or circumstance or challenge that we, we face in our life. And so it's kind of going back in some ways, it's simple um, that we're, we're reminding ourselves of the core truths. In another way, there's, there's depth to it um, as we, we've got to think and we've got to meditate on um, how that the gospel applies to what we are facing in, in the current moment and, and place that we are in our, in our lives. And so it's, it's remembering that, that I'm a sinner, <laughs> but I'm also um, saved by grace. So I, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm a broken sinner, but I'm also someone who's been made righteous um, before God, been made right with God through faith in Jesus Christ. And so, and through faith in his life, death, and resurrection. And so it's just, you know, I, I'm kind of going on here, but it's it's just really on, on a day-by-day basis. And I, I love how Tim Keller puts it. See if I can get this uh, right, but uh, the gospel reminds us that we're more sinful than we ever imagined, but we're more deeply loved and accepted than we we ever dared believe. And so it's it's reminding ourselves of those two things um, yeah. on a continual basis. Yeah. So you kind of put this in as an unofficial spiritual practice, right? This is this is kind of a daily thing that we need to be doing. Um, and kind of going out of our way to do it too. It's so easy to let our minds wander and lies just sit and stew and stew and and we need to take control of those thoughts. Absolutely. And I would say that it's a habit that you you have to yeah. develop. So, you know, habits are things that you do without 
um, having to consciously think about that. Right. <laughs> and yeah. so uh, it's something that – but the way that you develop a habit is by practicing it. You, you do it so often that it just becomes kind of second nature um, to you. So, for example, uh, when we're done here, I'm going to get in my car and, and drive to the to the gym. Just a couple of habits I could talk about with this. But um, – yeah. I I probably won't consciously think about driving from from here to the gym because it's just habit. I've just done it so often. And um, hopefully that's going to apply to the gym too, that I'll do it so often that that I'll just go and I'm going to do it because it's part of what I do. I'm not to that that treadmill. Yeah, I'm not to that place yet. Um, But... And really, this is, uh, folks, if if, if you will get this, this will make an immense difference in your life is that if we get in the habit of preaching the gospel to ourselves and reminding ourselves of it, uh, we will gradually get to the point where we will will find that the gospel comes to mind and we're able to apply it in in the moment without just having to, 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 you know, to think about it. Now, we, we will think about the gospel. We want to think about actually thinking about the gospel. Well, if that makes any sense, yeah, that's good. That's a that's a hard thing to do, but it is it is worth it. Um, Can I add something here too? Absolutely. Um, this is why regular time of being in the Word um, on a daily basis and why, again, if I can go back to community groups or some type of small group is important, is so that you have a regular uh, time where you're immersing yourself in, in, in the gospel. This is why being present on Sunday morning uh, for, for the preaching of the Word and the singing of the Word and the fellowship of the Word is so important, too, is that we, we've got to get the gospel in into our lives so we're immersed in it so that it becomes second nature to us. Yeah. And and even I think we we were talking about preaching the gospel to ourselves, but but another part of that, and we see that in this passage, is that we need other people to preach the gospel to us, and that that is another step in immersing. So community groups and being involved in Sunday worship is uh, just it's irreplaceable. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, in verse sixteen, Paul says that he's not ashamed of the gospel, and some of that is just kind of remarkable given what we talked about and uh, the political context they were in. Um, but he's not ashamed because it's the power of God for salvation. And you talked um, on Sunday about one aspect of being ashamed, and that was the offense of the gospel. Um, but this also brought me uh, to the beginning of 1 Corinthians 2, um, where Paul says, "'And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling.'" And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And Paul seems to essentially remove himself from the equation as he, as he preaches the gospel. Um, he puts all the weight on the Spirit as he just faithfully delivers the message. So I guess my question here is, what would you say to encourage someone that struggles to, um, to, to give the gospel to, to friends, to people they, they experience in daily life? How would you help them to not be ashamed of that message? Sure. Uh, it's a great question, and I hope this will be really helpful to you. Um, I, I didn't talk about this a, a, a lot on Sunday, but a positive way to put what Paul is saying here is is that I have full confidence, complete confidence mm-hmm. in the gospel. And 
What I also didn't talk about a lot is is that the the gospel is the power of God to salvation as it is proclaimed. So in the very uh, proclamation of the gospel, the, the 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 words actually have power in them, um, and the words have power in them because the the gospel. Is the power? It's not a power. It is the power of God, and so the very words um, have the power to transform and, and, and change lives. So, so yes, we can be, be pretty sure that that when we share the gospel, some people are going to reject it. They're going to be offended. And all of that, uh, but we can also um, have a great assurance that some people are actually going to to receive it and be saved and their lives are going yeah. to be transformed and changed and that it ultimately, and here's, here's, here's maybe the most encouraging thing. It ultimately, and this goes to what you were talking about in first Corinthians chapter two, it doesn't rely upon how well we communicate it. <laughs> um, it really is. It, it relies upon the spirit is the spirit is the one who takes the gospel and makes it effective in, in people's lives. And um, therefore, our responsibility is simply to be faithful and, and to share it. And it's God's responsibility to make it make it work. Yeah, yeah you're preaching to me right now. I, I It's so easy to get hung up on, on what words we're going to use, on what, uh, what arguments we're going to encounter. Um, and are we ready for that? And, and Paul's saying here, just stop, stop worrying about it. Go preach the message. And that's it's it's the spirit that's going to be faithful to that anyway, and so, yeah, um, it, it does give us uh, another level of boldness to be able to go out and not worry what what's going to happen. One thing that we're going to see, uh, I think, three times in this book um, that I think could be a little confusing as, at first is uh, Paul saying to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Um, is is that referring to uh, the chronological order of how God has has called people? So He called Israel first, and then grafted in the Gentiles later. Um, what what does this mean here? I think um, you're right. By the way, we we are going to talk about this a, a lot more when we get to Romans nine, ten, and eleven. That'll be uh, in the fall. So. Um, Looking forward to that. But um, I, I think in, in the big picture, really, what Paul's trying to say is here is that it's the gospel's for everybody. Mm-hmm. So that, that that's kind of the overarching right. thing that he, he's trying to say. It's for, for Jews and for Gentiles. I do think um, it is uh, chronological in that um, the gospel came to the Jews first. And, and one of the reasons it came to the Jews first is because it was promised to to the Jews first. It came through the Jews, Jesus being a Jew, right. and then uh, from the Jews, it, it went to the Gentiles. And so he's not saying that the you know the Jews are more important or more significant. They have the first priority in salvation. I, I don't think he's saying that. Um, I think it really is um, primarily that they do have a special place in in God's plan of salvation. I know that we'll get into this a lot more later in Romans, um, but I'd like to spend a little time on what Paul means by righteousness here. And kind of talked about it at the beginning of this episode uh, with Luther, but in what sense are we considered righteous um, as believers? Um, and maybe a different way to ask this is what, what uh, justifies us before God? So 
this concept of righteousness, the righteousness of God, being righteous, um, pretty soon in Romans we'll get into this term justification, um, is, is very rich and um, it's pretty complex. But I think it is important for us to understand that um, God's not actually making us righteous in the sense that we become internally righteous in and of ourselves. Uh, rather, the righteousness that Paul is talking about here in chapter 1 uh, is what's known as uh, a forensic righteousness or a maybe um, a better term would be legal righteousness. It's a, it's a declaration that God makes about uh, our relationship to him and, and how he views us. He views us as righteous. He, he now uh, brings us, therefore, into a right relationship with him. Now, that just doesn't mean that um, there isn't uh, internal change that takes place uh, within us when we are saved. And we'll talk a lot about that. We get to Romans 7 and 8. And that'll be really great there. But at this point, we need to understand that this righteousness is really a... Um, a, again, a legal righteousness, a, a way that God considers us. He considers us to have the righteousness that he has. Um, and so now we can be in a, in a right relationship uh, with him. So uh, imputed righteousness, there's another big term. Um, it's, a, it's a righteousness that he credits to our account. You want to think from an, an accounting perspective. So there's a legal perspective, there's an accounting perspective, is that he credits righteousness to our account. Really, he credits Christ's righteousness to our account. So that's the way that he uh, views us. Yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes we, in our explanation of the gospel, we can sell it short. I mean, I think the the legal view is is great. Um, we're essentially pardoned for our sin, um, but not not only that, but we're now given Christ's righteousness. And so there's a there's a negative aspect to it, but there's also a positive of the imputed righteousness, and that's that's no small thing. And it's something that I think we we can skip over pretty quickly. So. Yeah. That's really good. I think of it this way. Um, we lose something and we gain something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, we um, lose our unrighteousness and we, we gain Christ's righteousness. Um, and so um, I think it's, yeah, it's a really good thing to emphasize. All right. With that, we're going to wrap this episode up. Thank you for listening. I, I hope that you're finding this further study and discussion helpful in your lives. And again, I'll ask you to continue to get the word out. If you'd like to share this with someone you know, go to furtherpodcast.com and use the links from there. We'll talk to you next week.